Hello everyone. Before we get started, we want to welcome you and thank you for tuning in. Here at Kuhau, we believe everyone's on a four-step journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We pray that this message may bless you and help you on that journey. Lastly, make sure you head over to kuhau.com so that we can connect on all things Kuhau. If you're ready, let's go. Last week, Pastor Ro talked about munificence. How many of you are intrigued? Maybe you're not interested just yet because it has to do with money and you're like, I don't know about all that stuff. But you're at least a little bit curious. How many of you are curious about munificence? Am I saying it right? I've been so worried about saying it wrong. And munificence has to do with a heart of unusual generosity. I want to give a recap before I get into the word. You guys can go. Thank you. Anthony's looking at me like, please, I want to go. <laughs> it's funny, I looked at you and I saw that emoji with the little eyes. <laughs> Pastor Ro last week talked about don't worry about a thing. Can we give him a round of applause again? I enjoyed the word so much. Can I be honest? Usually, when a preacher starts talking about money, I tune out. I tune out. Hopefully, you don't do that to me. But I, but I do. I tune out because usually it goes in the same manipulative type direction, and they're trying to coerce you to do something that you know you shouldn't be doing in the first place. They're trying to get money from you that you don't even have. Um, but he brought it in a way that was super powerful. I thank God for our pastor. I thank God that he's our pastor. I thank God that he's here. Um, we're spoiled, guys. We're really spoiled. Like, we, we, we're getting a good word, like, most of the time. Um, and, and even when it's long, it's good. Amen? Even when it's long, it's good. We don't even notice it's long, but anyway. Um, and he used the example of the widow, right? The, wi the widow with the ravens. And I thought that was just so powerful how the raven, when, when Pastor Rose said, God is our provider, but the ravens brought the provision. Am I, am I saying it right? Yeah? Right? And, and, and I was looking out. The, the ravens were your provision, but I am your provider. That, that was how you said it. And I thought it was just so powerful, right? And then leading up to Vision Sunday, I'm trying, I'm trying. Right? And, and leading up to Vision Sunday, I just felt like it was powerful because God is our provider, right? And he gave these ravens some provision so that the people wouldn't perish. And leading up to Vision Sunday, I think it's just powerful because God is still the provider. The only thing that has changed in the equation is that, that it's not ravens bringing the provision. It's God's people that are bringing the provision so that Staten Island could find life in Jesus Christ. So it's still the same principle, but we're the ravens. Look at the My son would be so excited. He's a Ravens fan, but amen. Um, another powerful moment for me was when he said many times we are comfortable giving from a place of comfort, but have you ever been asked to give more or to give sacrificially, right? And he had the, the props that were really, really cool. And when you brought out the bread, I was like, yo, that's dope. He's talking about the bread and connecting it to the bread. I, I, I think it flew over like most people's head. They just saw a waddle of money. They were like, yo, I hope he calls me. Um, but, but he talked about, are you willing to give them your bread? And that leads me right into what I want to talk about. Let's look at the screen. We're going to go into Matthew chapter 2. And, and I'm going to talk about these group of men that we've heard about, usually on Christmas, but has nothing to do with 
um, what I'm going to be talking about today. But it says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Somebody say with me, Bethlehem. Bethlehem is important. That word means house of bread. House of bread. Jesus was born in a house of bread. Jesus was born in a place where bread was present. Okay, y'all with me? Jesus was born in Bethlehem near Jerusalem during the reign of King Herod. After Jesus' birth, a group of spiritual priests from the east came to Jerusalem. This part is also important because as you, as you see there, it doesn't say three kings. It, it, it doesn't say magi. It doesn't say wise men, which is what I'm going to use. But the Passion Translation says that a group of spiritual priests came from the east to Jerusalem. And this is key because I want you all to understand that this morning, because you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you are also a spiritual priest. The Bible says that we're a royal priesthood, a chosen nation called about by God to proclaim his virtues to the world. So you are a spiritual priest. All right? So, so spiritual priests came from the east to Jerusalem and inquired, inquired of the people, where is the child who is born king of the Jewish people. We observed his star rising in the sky, and we've come to bow before him in worship. In worship. How many, of you, how many worshipers do we have here this afternoon? Why? Right? We worship because we know he's the king. We worship because we know that he is good. We worship because we know that he is faithful. We worship because we know that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We worship him because it's easy to worship someone that's just so awesome and so amazing and so wonderful. As Emily was singing, he's so wonderful. I was like, oh my God, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Because that's the essence of who he is. Right? And, and it says here that these spiritual priests or these wise men came from the east to Jerusalem to worship. To worship. Distance doesn't matter when you know you're going to a house of bread and you know that the king is there and you're going to be able to worship him. Amen? And it says King Herod was shaken to the core. The king of Rome was shaken to the core when he heard this. And not only he, but all Jerusalem was disturbed when they heard this news. So he called a meeting of the Jewish ruling priests and religious scholars demanding that they tell him where the promised Messiah was prophesied to be born. I need you guys to notice that the king wasn't worried. He wasn't bothered. He was chilling. He wasn't concerned until people came with an offering to worship the king. There's just so many times that, that we say things, right? Like, oh, Jesus, my life is mine. My life is yours forever and ever. Until. I'll let you fill in the blank. Um, it says, he, he will be born in Bethlehem in the land of Judah. They told him, because the prophecy states, and you, little Bethlehem. Somebody say Little. Right, I, I don't know about you guys, right? But but sometimes we're we're in a city 
that's considered little compared to the cities that are around it. And, and, and the Bible says that Bethlehem was one of those cities, right? It was considered insignificant. I don't know if you're sitting next to, to someone that maybe they f have felt little. Or maybe they felt like the black sheep. Or maybe they felt like they were insignificant. But the Bible says here that, 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 that the wise men came to this place called Little Bethlehem or Little Staten Island. And it says, you are not insignificant amongst the clans of New York. I mean Judah. It says Judah. Staten Island is not insignificant among the clans of New York. I keep rereading it. I, I'm reading my notes. I'm sorry. So Bethlehem is, is, is not insignificant among the clans of Judah. For out of you will emerge the shepherd king of my people, Israel. find this powerful, Pastor Roe, because Pastor Medina stated that, that, that this county has to do with the king's what? Protectors of the king. Protectors of the realm. I'm going back to Game of Thrones. right? Protectors of the king. We are protectors of the reputation of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And it says here that, that, that Jesus was going to be born in this place. Then Herod secretly summoned the spiritual priest from the east to ascertain the exact time the star first appeared. And he told him, now go to Bethlehem and carefully look there for the child. And when you found him, report that to me so that I can bow down and worship him too. How many of you know that wasn't his plan? He didn't want to know where Jesus was born so that he could go worship him. He wanted to know where Jesus was born so that he could extinguish him, so that he could kill him. There's a lot of times that when God begins, continues to move the way he moves, continues to do what he's doing at Kuhau, Christ's uncensored house of worship, that some people are going to whisper in your ear, tell us what's really going on over there. Tell us what they're really talking about over there. That grace thing that they're talking about, that's not really grace. That's license to sin. You can't be going over there. And that love of God that they're talking about, that's not really love because love is hard. Love is rough. Love is tough. You know, they'll, they'll begin whispering these things in your ear and we got to be careful look at the person next to you and say be careful and it says and on their way to Bethlehem the same star that they had seen in the east suddenly appeared and amazed they watched as it went ahead of them and stopped directly over the place where the child was can you imagine like you see this star that's different from other stars, and all of a sudden, it, it's moving. And it lands right where Jesus is. How many of you feel like you were directed to this house in the same way? That you had no plans of coming? I had no, guys, I had no plans of being at Christ's Censored House of Worship. Pastor Roe and I were recording a podcast one day, and he looked at me, and he was like, why aren't we doing this together? And I was like, where are you coming from with this? Like, that was exactly what I said. And then Reuben did one of these, like waiting for a response. <laughs> and lo and behold, God moved and God brought us here, right? But I believe that God brought us here for a reason, right? I believe God brought Marco here for a reason. I believe God brought Stephen here for a reason, Erica here for a reason. All of you guys have been brought here for a reason. 
And the goal is to build everything up, including you, so that we can do what God has called us to do. How many can say amen? And it says, amazed, they watched as it went ahead of them and stopped directly over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were so ecstatic that they shouted and celebrated with unrestrainable joy. Unrestrainable joy. Unlimited joy. Uncontrollable joy. I mean, I've seen some of you guys worship, and I know that behind that worship, there's a story. Behind that worship, there's a journey. Because you can't tell someone who's been through craziness not to worship, not to lift their hands, not to move, not to shout, not to cry. It's hard to tell a true worshiper that has had to battle some things how not to worship. Can I get an amen? I love Kuhau because here... We believe in worshiping authentically. And authentically means as you feel it moving in your spirit, that's how you do it. That's how you move. That's how you glorify God right in, in your way. I'm going to get to the sermon. I promise. It's just so loaded. Um, when they came to the house and saw the young child with Mary, his mother, they fell, at, at the ground, uh, they fell to the ground at his feet and worshiped him. Then look what it says. It says they opened their treasure chests. They opened their treasure chest. This is important because if we think about a human chest, if that human chest is opened, you find the heart. The Bible says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, so the Bible says here that these wise men or these spiritual priests opened up their hearts, opened up their treasure chests full of gifts and presented him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Why gold, why frankincense, and why myrrh? Because all three of these gifts spoke to who Jesus is. You don't give a king silver or bronze. That's disrespectful to a king. And in the ancient king, okay, we're good. When you brought a gift to a king, what you brought the king was gold because gold carried the most value. So these, these kings opened up their hearts, opened up their treasure chests, and brought Jesus what was the most valuable thing to them. They brought him gold. But it, speaking to his divinity, how many of you know that Jesus is the son of God? That he is God incarnate. That there is nothing impossible for him. He's not limited by time and space. He's not limited by our situation. He's not limited by even our faith. He'll move beyond what we believe sometimes because he's God. He doesn't need permission. He doesn't need an okay. He doesn't need a green light. He moves because he's God. So they brought him gold. They brought him frankincense. Why? Because this is what is used in the tabernacle when they would, when they would lift up incense to the Father. So what were the wise men saying? They were saying, okay, 
we, we acknowledge that you're God, but we also acknowledge that you're our high priest. See, and for us, this is another thing that really doesn't mean much. But back then, a high priest was everything. Because the high priest was the only one that could go before the presence of God the Father. The high priest was the only one that could present sacrifices to God on our behalf. But then the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that Jesus is the type of high priest that because he was tempted in all things the way that we are tempted, he is able to help us when we are being tempted. The Bible says that he is our high priest. The Bible says there's no mediator between us and God. He's, he's the one that connects us to God. And even today, he's lifting up incense to the Father. How many of you need those prayers sometimes? Amen. Especially right now, you're like praying for your ears. <laughs> and the third gift was myrrh. And myrrh was important because this was used in embalming fluid. So they were saying, we know that you're God. We know that you're our high priest. But we also know that you're going to die for us. We also know you're about to die for our sins. So we want to bring you gifts according to the belief we have of who you're to be. And this is important, guys. This is important, and, and now I'm finally getting into the Word. This is important because it speaks to your gifts. When we present a gift to the king, we're speaking into the future of what we believe that king will be or will do. Y'all with me so far? Now, I want to mess, mess, mess a few of you up real quick, and maybe some of your Christmas traditions. Because when we read this story, it's not talking about los tres reyes mago. Never once in the original manuscript does it say that there were kings. Can I get an amen? Somebody like, what am I going to celebrate now? <laughs> Especially here in Stan, is there some reason that they, like in March there's still Christmas lights? There's not like no specific reason? Just laziness? Right. I thought it was a spiritual thing. I don't know. Um, but, but that's the first thing that we see. It wasn't three kings. It, it just says wise men. It wasn't even three people. It wasn't just three people that appeared and, and, and rolled up in Rome talking about, we, we're looking for the king that's going to replace you. Jesus wasn't a newborn. Right? When you see the pictures... It's not, right? See, that one was anointed to, 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 and not your father. Um, Jesus wasn't a newborn, right? Usually when we see the newborn, it never mentions three people. It never mentions king. The Bible never gives them names. How many of you know that these three kings, like some traditions, gave them names? Who knows the names? That's awesome. Praise God. But, but a lot of people give them names. I don't have them either because they're not important. But what we do know, what we do know is that they brought gifts. The reason that I want to break up what we've heard about these men is because the same thing happens when we talk about finances in the kingdom of God. A lot of times we talk about finances in church and, and money and your money and God's money and whatever money. And we have these mis misconceptions of what we're supposed to, what it's supposed to look like because of what we've heard. 
How many of you have ever heard like a nightmare type story when it comes to money in the church? Other than, other than me? Okay. All right. Right, we, have, we hear these things and it keeps us from giving and it keeps us from the blessing of, of, of worshiping God by way of our finances and it becomes difficult. It becomes difficult. But when we eliminate those lies, when we eliminate the myths, all of a sudden we're able to see clearly what God's plan is. Because how many of you know God does have a plan? God does have a plan. How many of you also know God doesn't need our money? Like he, he's the owner, the Bible says he's the owner of gold and silver and his feet are upon a, a thousand hills. The Bible says that the earth is his footstool. Like he doesn't need it. So why is it that over and over in scripture, it talks about worshiping and it connects it to finances? Could it be that what God is trying to do is get us to a place where we plant a seed that he's able to one day water and bring it back as a harvest so that continuously the kingdom of God can continue to expand. And, and, and when we read this stuff, I, I believe that, the, that our gifts have a voice. Our gifts speak. They have a voice. They go before you and they speak. When the wise men brought their gifts to the feet of Jesus, their seed was speaking. And what it was saying was, we believe that you're the king of kings. We believe that you're our high priest. What are our seeds speaking? What are they speaking? Because I, I know that they're speaking. Everything you've sown, guys, is speaking. If it's time, your time is speaking. If it's an offering, your offering is speaking. If it's a text on that chat that we have going, it's speaking. If it's coming to community group and you sharing part of your story, that is also speaking. And it's saying something into the spiritual realm that we don't even see. And what it's saying is that the day of Staten Island has arrived. What it's saying is that Kuhau has been called upon by God. Because I begin to ask myself, what is it that made them wise? Because no one agrees that there were three kings. No one agrees that it was, th that, that it was just three people. But almost all theologians agree in calling them the wise men. The wise men. So, so when I read this, I'm like, what made them wise? What is it? Was it because they followed a star? And I'm like, no, because if... Puerto Rican bald me would have seen a star moving. I'm following it too. Like I'm nosy like that. Like I'm getting in the G. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I might be running into, there's talk of war, so I'm not even going to use that terminology. But <laughs> was it what was sowed? Was it, right, when we, when we read the word, we should always desire to know as much as possible about what is going on. So, so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But, but wisdom and knowledge are two very different things. Because knowledge is knowing something. Wisdom is applying that which you know. And how many of you know that a lot of times we get stuck in the knowledge phase? And we can worship God from a place of knowledge. We could come to church from a place of knowledge. We can give 
to the Lord out of a place of knowledge. We could give because we just have knowledge. And knowledge is good, right? That's the beginning of, of the fear of the Lord is the beginning. It says the beginning of, of knowledge. But if we go to another verse, Psalm 110 verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But then look what it says. All those who practice it have good understanding. Oh, so knowledge is awesome. It's the beginning. It's a good first step. But when we begin to practice that which we know, all of a sudden it becomes wisdom. Everything that we believe is, is based on an idea. Knowledge. You're sitting on a chair because someone had knowledge that quite possibly if you put a, a couple of pieces of wood together, you can sit on it. Someone took that knowledge and began to practice it. And now today we all get to relax on these chairs. It's the same thing with God. How many of us have knowledge of a lot of good stuff? We have knowledge of the promises that God has made over our life. We have knowledge about what he's called us to be and what he's called us to do. We have knowledge that, right, he is not, that, that if God be for us, who can be against us? But when we begin to practice it, when we begin to walk in it, when we begin to say, you know what, I don't know what exactly what this means, but I do know that I don't have to fear. So I'm not going to fear in the little things, because if I don't fear in the little things, it's going to... of that which we say we know right so so they began to take this journey they took a journey because they knew that something was happening in Bethlehem they knew that something was happening in this little town that everyone saw as insignificant and I believe that some of you are here today God is bringing different parts together All of a sudden, 
the knowledge that God loves them, the knowledge that God adores them, the knowledge that he died on the cross for them, the knowledge of all that he is will move them and provoke them to take steps in the direction of that which they feel they believe. These wise men said, now we got to move. We got to move. Amen? How many of you feel that God is telling you it's time to move? It's time to move. Now, the wise men were wise, but it was, it, there was a reason to it. Number one, they were wise because they saw the potential of baby Jesus before anyone else did. No one else was following the star. No one else was, was getting on the king all shook up. But these wise men believed in the potential of a baby before that baby was fully mature. I love what God is doing in Kuala, but it is nothing compared to what God is about to launch. It is nothing compared to what God is about to unveil. It's nothing. I was there when they were in the living room. I was there when, when we took off. <laughs> Pastor Lee, it has nothing to do with the sermon. I just want to share it. Today I was getting ready to come to church. And I don't know why. Like, I know we don't have to take off our sneakers when we come to church or, or our shoes. But coming to, to service at Kuha, when they first started, man, taking off your sneakers, taking off your shoes, because it was in their living room. So even today, when I come to church, I make sure I have my best socks on just in case. Just in case. But one day we're going to be sharing those stories. One day we'll be sharing how God began to connect different pieces to this church. And one day we'll be sharing across the world what God is able to do with people that believe enough to, 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 be, to make their knowledge become wisdom when we practice that which we know. Amen? Number two, they didn't allow the king to sabotage their investment. Don't allow negative voices to sabotage what God is doing in your life. Don't allow it. Don't allow it because that's usually what happens. The ones that aren't moving want company. They want company. Misery loves company. That's what, that's what they are. They don't want to use misery. But it fits. It fits. Right? Like a lot of times they're not moving and they want company because it reaffirms them of their false beliefs. But if when you know that God is moving, when you know that God is talking, when you know that God is stirring things up at a particular place, you want to have a part in what God is doing. Number three, they followed the signs of greatness. They followed. They followed that. My mom always, always used to tell me, Dime con quien anda y te diré quien eres. Tell me who you walk with and I'll tell you who you are. They followed the sign. They, they didn't come alone. There was a group of spiritual people seeking this baby, seeking this promise, but they stood together. They stood together. 
Who do you walk with that when your faith gets weak, they're able to say, no, we got to keep believing. You're so close. Don't give up. Your blessing is right around the corner. Your marriage is going to make it. Your relationship is going to make it. Your calling is going gonna, is gonna to happen. Everything that God said is going to come to pass. Don't give up yet. Let's pray. Let's go out. Let's do something. But don't give up. They followed the signs of greatness. Is there greatness around you? There greatness around you. Man, I believe I'm surrounded. I believe I'm surrounded by greatness. And it begins with my wife. Oh, my gosh, I thank God for my wife. Because you need greatness next to you if you're ever going to enter into that realm of greatness that God has for you. Because one will chase a thousand, but two can chase ten thousand. I don't know math, but I know that ten thousand is more than one thousand. Number four, they understood that sometimes the heart is wiser than the mind. And they were willing to obey the impulses of the heart over the impulses of the mind. What is your heart telling you? What is your heart speaking to you? Because how many of you know, like, mind playing tricks on you? They're like, that's a real thing. That's a very real thing. And your mind will tell you things that don't, don't exist. And God is with, trying to whisper in your ear, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. And God is saying, it's wise. It's wise to be involved in what, he, what, in what I am doing. What, what, what am I saying? What, what does that, this have to do with munificence? What does this have to do with this series that we're, that we're teaching on? You'll become an extravagant giver. When you unlock the wisdom of God within you. When all of a sudden the knowledge that bring your tithes to the storehouse and I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you don't have room enough to give or to receive. Instead of that just being knowledge, when you plant a seed, the Bible says where your seed is, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. When you plant a seed, all of a sudden you step out of knowledge and you jump into wisdom. And all of a sudden, instead of saying, man, I hope God blesses me one day, that changes. And all of a, all of a sudden you're saying, man, there's a a seed out there that's growing and it's going to bring me a harvest and I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread and, and we'll begin sowing why not because we have to not because we're going to lose our salvation if we don't not because we're going to be put on the back of some list in the church inventory somewhere no that doesn't happen here we're going to love you exactly the same we're going to hug you exactly the same we're going to love on you we're going to believe in you we're going to prophesy over you we're going to pray over you exactly the same we're not because God is if God can't use you he'll use somebody we believe that but he wants to use you he wants to bless you he wants to give you provision he wants to pour out a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive why because he gets glory out of that he gets glory out of that a king gets glory when his citizens are prospering because it reflects his kingdom. 
It reflects his kingdom. How many? That's a different preaching for another day. Number five, they invested. They invested. That's a different word than giving. How many of you can say amen? To give is one thing. To invest is another. Because when I invest, I become vested in that which I invest. Amen? Oh, God, I want to be connected to my church. Invest. God, I want to become more involved. Invest. Vest in or invest that which you want to be vested in. And all of a sudden, things begin to change. Things begin to shift. How many of you know if a stock, if somebody puts money in stock, this is why I don't want to do it. Because I'm going to be looking at my phone every few minutes, seeing if it went up one point. Right? Why? Because I'm now invested in it. If I invest in the kingdom of God, all of a sudden I'm going to be praying in the kingdom of, for, for the kingdom of God. I'm going to be looking to serve within the kingdom of God. Why? Because my investment is there. The payback, and there's three principles I want to share. The payback is greater when you invest before others have an idea of what is coming. People that invested in Steve Jobs when they were in a garage with, with some crazy-looking dude, Steve Wozniak, and they had this ugly-looking box thing that they said was going to change the world, those people are all rich. But before they became rich, they were called crazy. Before they changed the world, people looked at them like a bunch of weirdos. But they didn't care because they believed in what they were investing in. A second point, you only invest into something you are totally sold out to or into. In other words, when you invest, you must be fully convinced that what you are investing into has the potential to make you prosperous. You invest in that. I'm not saying give because, no, if the Pastor Marquez said if you give $5, God is going to give you 10 If you give 10 God is going to give you 20 If you give 20 God is going to give you 30 that's not what I'm saying, but what I am saying is that he watches over his word to perform it. What I am saying is that he, the word never returns back void. What I am saying is that the Bible says that if you sow generously, you will reap generously. What I am saying is that he, the world of the generous continues to open while the world of the stingy continues to close. Can I get an amen? I'm, not, I'm just repeating what the word says. This is, a, this is a good one, this, this next one. You must be willing to sit back and wait. Mm. You must be willing to sit back and wait. Again, I'm talking, does anybody here invest? How many of you still waiting? It's a smart thing to wait. Why? Because this, the, the market has to go up. See, but this is what I love about God's stock market. It's not like the Dow Jones that goes down every time some president decides to act crazy. It's not like that. God says, no, 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 no. My finances in my kingdom do not depend on someone that can fluctuate. It doesn't depend on someone getting angry or, or someone wanting love, whatever the case might be. No, no, no. In my kingdom, 
I am the God that controls all the resources. Everything is mine. The gold and the silver is mine. Everything is mine. Everything you see is already mine. We learned that in community group. I believe that was the video this week. Everything already belongs to him. It's his already. We're just stewards pretending like we own something. So we sit back and wait. They saw a baby, but they believed that in that baby was a king. We see a church of 80 people, maybe 100, but we believe that within that 80 to 100 people, there's a movement. There's a movement. And because we believe in that movement, we understand that that movement is going to take resources to generate and move that movement. There's no other way to say it, guys. God wants to use you. But he wants to move us from knowledge to wisdom. From knowledge to wisdom. From a place of knowing things to a place of knowing things. Because how many of you know it's one thing to know something, is another thing, yo, I know this. Because I've seen him move in my life. I've seen groceries show up in my front door when I didn't have any money. I've seen resources continue to flow into my life. We just drove in in a new car. Thank you, Steve. We just drove in in a new car that we needed to continue fulfilling God's purpose here in Staten Island. Because, you know, our, our other car was kind of hurting. But, you know, we needed something to get here. And God provided. God moved. And some of you are saying, no, but you had to pay that money. Listen, I quit. I, I got my bachelor's. I got my doctorate in freshman year of high school. I dropped out after three multiple attempts at trying to graduate and realizing that school just wasn't for me. But I still ended up going back to school. I still ended up getting some credits. I still ended up getting the job that I got. I still ended up getting the wife that I have. I still ended up getting everything that I'm still getting. Why? Because there's a God in heaven that says the righteous will never be forsaken and their children will never go around begging for bread because I am their father. Because giving has a promise attached to it. I believe God is moving in this house. I'm looking at wise people. Wise people. And you know what I love, Pastor Roe? That he called them wise people not based on what they gave, but based on just giving into something that they believed in. It doesn't say an amount. It just says some gave gold, some gave frankincense, some gave myrrh. They all gave. Some give time, some give resources, some come and help out in the church, some come and, and, and do different things. It's not, it's not the amount of, it's the heart of. Amen, it's the heart of. When we give, when we give, we begin to resemble God, the worship team. We begin to resemble God. Why? Because the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only begotten son. 
that whoever just put their faith in him would not die but have eternal life. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no shadow of shifting or of change. And I know you came today, you're like, man, I, I wish I would have known that we wouldn't have been talking about finances. I would have come a different day when they were talking about relationships. How many of you know a lot of relationships struggle because no churches are talking about finances? It's the number two reason of oh, the number two reason of divorce is still finances. But we believe here at Cool How that God is moving. Ah, oh, I'm so excited to be on this journey with you guys. Like I'm super hyped. I'm like, Lord, that's like. We got, we got different kids. We got different, we got millennials. We got Pastor Rose and Exer, I think. You know, we got, we got different generations here represented, and God is just moving. Everything to make sense. And what I love about what he's doing, as far as I know, oh, there's not a millionaire here. here. But God, God is about to do something great with us. With us. Amen. I believe it. I believe it. Because there's wisdom in this house. There's wisdom in this house. Now, I started off by saying that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. It's the fear of the Lord. And if there's anybody here that, that you feel like, I've, I know God. I know him. I know him. But most of my life I've spent running away from him. Oh, see, I still sound good without the song. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that I got The beginning of fear of the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. I wanna I wanna reach out to the person that that, that maybe you came again expecting a different sermon. Or, or, or you wanted us to preach something different. But I believe God brought you here for a reason. And it's because he has a purpose in your life. He's called you. He's already paid the price for you. He already died for all of your sins. Before you even asking for him to die, he already died. He handled that. He handled that. He dealt with that. Because the day that you come, the day that you take that step, he wants to be able to say, I, I could take a clear step towards you because there's nothing in between us. Everything's good. If that person is you, if everyone could please just stand with me. But if there's anyone here that you know, that you know, that you know, that you've had, you have knowledge of God, but you want to step into wisdom. You want to step into wisdom. You want your life to be his life and his life to be your life. You want to make that interaction. If that is you, everyone with their eyes closed, I just want you to raise up your right hand. I promise you we're going to put it right back down. But if that's you, you want to make that declaration, Jesus, I need you. Like, I need you. Amen. You can put it down. And I just want you to repeat with me this prayer, Father, in Jesus' name, I come before you acknowledging that on that cross you died for my sin. I believe 
that you rose again from the dead and that you live forever to walk with me. I accept you into my life. Help me walk this walk of life for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made that prayer, whether online or here, today's your birthday. Today's your spiritual birthday. Can we give them a round of applause, guys, if there's anyone here? Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, you can connect with us anytime by subscribing to the podcast and by going to kuhau.com. Have, Have a, a blessed, blessed week. week.